0: The Show. The Basser Show is brought to you by com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour. Got my co-host and sidekick with me here today, Mr. Gerald Cook, out of the beautiful but cold city of Joplin, Missouri. Gerald, how are you doing today?
1: Well, I'm shivering. <laughs> <It's cold>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, is that uh, because of the weather? Is that because of Parkinson?
1: Yeah, well, uh, a little. You mix them up, you know, John, and, and you really got an issue. <laughs> you don't know what to do. I want
0: to <laughs> come, come get you and take you fishing. I
1: want to
0: come. I want to come get you and take you fishing. There's a fishing technique called using a shaky head worm. Well,
1: I, and, can, I can handle
0: that. Yeah. And you put your worm on this little jig head. You throw it out there, and you sit there, and you shake it all until the fish comes and gets it. That's called a shaky well, head. I figured with your Parkinson's, you might be good at that.
1: I could shake the dickens out, yeah, you sure enough.
0: <laughs> I'm just picking on you. Anybody the Parkinson's folks, that's a debilitating disease, and I'm sure the Gerald's had it for quite some time, and I'm sure that it's aggravating to a point to where, you know, it's 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 life-changing. And it makes it hard to eat or anything, do buddy?
1: Well, it's really hard on you when you're, you know, uh, I'm a watchmaker and, and I have a lot of trouble nowadays. Uh, uh, I just I can't do it no more. <laughs> well,
0: anytime you deal with machinery and, you know, if you're doing, uh, you know, like fine dexterity movements of your hand and things like that, that makes it impossible. And it, you well, know, it, yeah, it, it disables you, you. it's
1: just. I have trouble with that mainspring. It keeps wanting to go somewhere else where it's supposed to there.
0: They're going to tie you down, son. Tie your hands down. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so Folks, to to... <laughs> yeah well, you a number issue.
0: Well, you've got to turn the <laughs> machine on and catch it while it's running. That way you can probably keep yeah, up with
1: it. That, uh, i got a better <laughs> chance, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> lord we were going to discuss the, an issue tonight guys that uh, or folks that is really really important um, this issue is uh, probably the most debilitating disease that a person can get you know not in just veterans angles but any angle uh, the name of this disease is called amyotrophic lateral sclerosis um You've heard of it, probably know the terms as Lou Gehrig's disease and or uh,
1: ALS. Uh, yeah, ALS. Hey. Now,
0: little little history on this uh, Lou Gehrig. Uh, you know, for your folks, you know, in the older uh so remember Lou Gehrig? I, I don't remember him, but I, you know, I'm a baseball fan, so I follow him and I know his career. He played for the New York Yankees, and uh, he played for upside Babe Ruth. It was a first baseman. They called him the Iron Man. He played for years and years and years at first base, and never took a day off. And he uh, actually contracted this disease um, in his last year of playing baseball. He started having these issues to where he couldn't even see the ball or. He'd swing and you know and things like that, and he couldn't feel the ball anymore, and he just kind of he'd black out more or less. And uh, so he went to the doctor, and they had no idea what was wrong with him. And finally, this one young specialist uh, just made a guess, really, with the tests they did, and decided he had ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a very rare disease back then, and uh, he died, you know. he died a, a, a while later after he contracted the disease. But, uh, you know, that that was the first major person that died with it. So they started, went ahead, and named it Lou Gehrig's disease, as he passed away.
1: I and, think it's three to five years, John. Uh,
0: three to five that, years.
1: Uh, life expectancy. Uh, uh, depending on when they catch it, of course, they got new meds now that uh, they're playing around with and they're playing around with stem cells and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff and they're hoping anyway but uh, <laughs> as of now there's no cure for it that we're aware of
0: no and it probably never will be um, what it is is a neuromuscular disease a neurological disease and uh, anytime your nerves start attacking your body you know that's your central nervous system And, uh, you know, I don't think that they're – I mean, maybe in the future they'll have an issue and they'll be able to cure it. But with their technology now, there's probably no way. But what it does, it attacks certain parts of your body, you know, muscles and any nerve, you know, nerve control everything.
1: Yeah. And uh, so they start – it kind of says here that it's uh, motor neuron disease and and mm-hmm. it mainly damages the upper and lower motor neurons and uh, mm-hmm. uh the spinal cord and the brain stem uh motor mm-hmm. uh, nuclei uh so yeah. you know this is serious stuff
0: well it's a so serious that uh and we all know the VA, right? The VA don't like to—they don't like to make anything presumptive, right?
1: That's for sure.
0: God and forbid they make something presumptive to make you lose your job for doing something like that. It's giving away money, right? Well, um, that's true. It's <laughs> just in case Bob's listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but ALS is a presumptive. As long as you serve the required 90 or more continuous days in the military, you've got a diagnosis AOS. It don't matter when you served, it's an automatic
1: 100%. Yes, it is. That was
0: changed yeah. on February 20, 2011. And uh, then the more problems you have with your extremities or legs or arms, you know, then they, especially with the especially month of compensation start kicking in because you start losing... You know, you start losing your legs and arms. You start getting all the more grants and higher levels of SMC. So, person yeah, in I mean, the last stages. Go ahead, Joe.
1: Yeah, you can get up to what eight thousand uh, dollars. You, yeah. yeah,
0: you can get R two. Yeah, uh, R two.
1: You can get R two.
0: Yeah.
1: And and uh, uh, which is a pretty good sum of money. Unfortunately, uh, the life expectancy of that veteran is is not the longest. Uh, Depends on what stage they catch it in. But uh, uh, you know, if you have it, by all means, file a claim.
0: Yeah, any veterans got it should file a claim. And any Mm -hmm. veterans died from it and wouldn't service connected. I think they need to the the spouse needs to follow because she should be able to for D I C
1: you know I was reading on here uh john uh Berta had posted quite a bit of stuff about a l s on um uh, uh, uh widows uh, this, mm-hmm. uh, for instance this one widow was a certain age and and her husband died with a l s and uh, uh she remarried uh, and uh they was wanting to know if she would qualify still qualify and yeah. uh, according to the regulations uh after the age uh, uh rem- she can remarry after the age of 57 and mm-hmm. retain her or additional VA benefits such as the right. DIC and dependency. So yep. be sure to remember that, uh, uh, you widows out there, if your husband could have possibly uh, passed on uh, due to uh, ALS, uh, you want to. You certainly want to talk to someone. Uh, I would recommend an attorney, but.
0: Uh, well, you can't until, because you have that? to file a claim yourself. You have to file like a regular claim, the widow does. You have to file a DIC claim and say that he died from ALS to show the death certificate. They should serve a stick, but then you can't get an attorney until it's denied. That's still that's still the that, same
1: thing. That's true. That's true. Um,
0: yeah. So, uh, that makes that, it, uh, it stacks a deck against anybody. You know how that is, Joe. It's yes. not very much in favor of the veterans. so um, And hopefully things like that will change in the future. I think they have got some good people in place to, order to change that, but we'll see what happens because uh, time will tell everything. Let's keep
1: our fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, uh, at least go for it. You know, if you're within doubt, go for it and get a, 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 a denial or a... a S-O-C from
0: the, uh, or S-O-S yes, you from the, that. from the well, B-A. Most people call it S-O, <laughs> most people call it an S-O-C, I call it S-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but no. anyway, get a response back from the B-A, and uh, you may find out that uh, you are certainly entitled to it if, if, uh, uh, if your spouse has has passed on these to the Lou I mean, uh, ALS. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, if you know anybody out there, folks that uh, that's died from ALS, and you know they weren't in service, talk with their wife and see see what's going on with it. See if they've got any benefits from the VA over it. A lot of them don't absolutely. even know it. Don't even true. know it.
1: And that's the shameful part because the VA is certainly not going to notify anyone. No,
0: they're not uh, going to volunteer anything. Uh, so, hmm.
1: if you know any any uh, widows or widowers out there that their spouses had passed on um, right. due to ALS, uh, have them contact a a service organization or, a term, well, a service organization first or file uh, yeah. a claim
0: yourself. File uh, a claim yourself. Just say my husband died yeah. from ALS. He served at a 90-day required period or whatever. Here's his death certificate. Yeah. And, of course, they're not going to go back go. today. You know, they're not going to go back on it, but they still pay you, you know, starting whatever. And you should be yeah. entitled to be champion insurance, too, you know. I mean. It, it happens to young and old. I mean, you, even people this you know in their thirties has been you know this guy a service been out for a while. They're getting it. You know.
1: Yeah, uh, so. you know, they're claiming you really want to start watching from age forty up. And uh, mm. but I would suspect uh, uh, being a a uh, neurological disorder such as it is that. It could hit you even earlier than the 30s. I would. I mean, yeah. you know, than the 40s. Well. Uh, if you're one of these running around here with tremors and what have you, I don't know. I would suspect they do have a test for that, don't they, John?
0: Yeah, they got all kinds of tests, and there's different types of d- neuromuscular disorders too. You know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, you've got ALS, of course, and you've got the ones that aren't fatal. You've got. Uh, you know, but you've got muscular dystrophy and then you've got uh uh there's another one that's uh that's uh I'm trying to figure I don't know what it is, but my wife's cousin's got that one. She's been in a wheelchair for years from it now. But it's if you get lesions on your on your nerves, you've seen those, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. That's multiple sclerosis, that's what it is, yeah. Sclerotic lesions, okay. But um they're not uh they're not as deadly as this, and you can live longer with those diseases. And I, I, I think all the diseases in the same family. I think they should all be 100% service connected, and, you know, and it's the same requirements. So that's my opinion.
1: You when know, you come to neurological disorders, uh, I do too, uh, uh, John. Due to the fact you don't know what you might have been exposed to unknowingly in the service. The service is a cesspool of agents. And uh, a lot of times them agents are all mixed up, and you don't know what combination. And you it might not show up for uh, quite a few years, uh, right. it's several the years, you. and it'll just gradually move on you. And you say, well, well all of a sudden I'm shaking here, you know.
0: mhm. Uh, <clears throat> Well, Parkinson's uh, a big one, Agent Orange exposure, right?
1: I think that's so. A,
0: that's that's yeah. a presumptive for Agent Orange, so you know that it... Yeah. You know Agent Orange has to have an effect on your neurological system.
1: Oh, you bet. You know, so, oh, you so, bet it does.
0: And, uh, you know, it could be anything, guys. Chemical exposures, you know, to anything. For you guys in the service in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, you know, there was all kinds of stuff out there. You had... Uh, you had solvents, you had dry cleaning fluid, you had uh, uh, solvents for uh, cleaning tools. You had everything in the world. We had a guy, a matter of fact, on one of the ships beside us there. He died because he was overcome by fumes. He was cleaning some tools with tanks.
1: Yeah, oh and, yeah.
0: And that, yeah, that stuff got in there and killed him. So there's some yeah, deadly stuff out there. You.
1: That will there's kill some you. deadly.
0: There's some deadly stuff out there, folks, and small doses yes. of it don't kill you right off. But look what happens to you afterward.
1: It uh, damages you know. your nerves till they reach a state of uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, start deteriorate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your nerves is like a bundle cord, and you've got a fibrous outside. It's called the myelin. And once that rubs down, it's uh, it's just short circuits everywhere. It's yes, your electrical it system, is what it is. It's your it electrical system. It
1: is exactly. it's yeah. the same thing as uh, uh, you know, a bare wire rubbing against another wire. It's shorting out. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: We, uh, your, we we, your we don't catch on time. A, <laughs> Your brain will send a signal down to your finger to move, and your thumb will move. You
0: know, it gets all twisted up. Though. It gets shorted out somewhere. Yeah, wonder well, what was on the
1: fuse blows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, We needed, we needed the fuse box in these bodies of ours. I mean, that way we could. Uh, there
0: would be somewhere they could go on. in and wrap those nerves. You know what?
1: I don't know. there would be somewhere. Uh, there the, be somewhere the they can the go in and wrap on. those nerves. Uh That'd be a tedious job, I think, John. Uh, They do it anyway, though.
0: But those folks that uh, lose all that weight, have that skin cut off, that's a tedious job, too, if they do it. Yes,
1: they do. They do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure, it is. It can be tedious. Well, they can. That's where this stem cells supposed to come in. I think that's to, uh, uh, some of that was supposed to help rebuild the nervous system or the.
0: Uh, yeah, they try to regenerate.
1: Out. Yeah.
0: Try to regenerate. <laughs> you know, that could happen. I mean, that could, you know, of course in the future, that's going to be a lot more advanced and, yeah. you know, they can do a lot of amazing things, but. As of right now, you know, we're still stuck in some ages that we, you know, medically, things are medically impossible. Of course, they can do things now, you know, with artificial hearts and artificial limbs, they can link things to your nerves to move fingers and things like that, which is pretty cool. But in the they near future, they're going to...
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, they sure have. They've made advances. It's
0: unreal. Well, MIT, they got a cure for PTSD.
1: Well, I That's heard that I advice. was reading an article, believe it or not. Uh, their PTSD, they they said, by sending the troops back over to uh, Afghanistan, that would help them with their PTSD. Really? Uh, did you read that one? Yeah, yeah, I read that. Uh, one.
0: I, I had some before. reservations about that. I mean, you yeah. send them back over there. As a yeah. visitor over there to fight again?
1: No, over there to fight. It's supposed to be over there to... And uh, they they claim it'll help them with their PTSD. And, I uh, get over... I've read that, and I tell you, I like come unglued. Uh, it certainly don't make any rationale
0: uh, to me. You don't have any rationale, Gerald. <clears throat> they're trying to cut... Uh, they're trying to close commissaries to save money. Ships are not getting even ships are missing our maintenance schedules and we don't have a uh, the readiness that we used to have and things like that because all the confusion is put in by these folks so um these <laughs> you're gonna hear stupid things like that. 'Cause Because you yeah. know, anytime you got a bunch of idiots running the show then you know, that's what you're gonna get.
1: I never heard it like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like running in a burning house. You more have to save the house.
0: Well, that's like running into a burning house because you let your wedding ring in there or something.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you don't need to be doing that stuff. and stay out of the house. And you don't want to send them kids back to Afghanistan or Iraq. There's no reason I, I, for that.
1: I can't imagine, uh, uh, you know. They said I mean, look at, look at World War
0: Look at World War Two. The Marine Corps the island hopping all the way to Japan. They'd pull into one island. They'd go in and take over the island. Then the Marines would pull out, and the Army would come in and take over and hold, you know, and occupy the island. The Marines would get back on a boat. They'd go to the next island if they reinforced and trained, you know. And uh, there was none of these problems we had back then. I mean, of course they had, they were called shell shock and things like that. They had issues. Right. Um Issues like that, you know, were uh, basically a dime a dozen because these guys seen stuff that uh, folks in today's military is not even close to see. You know, yeah. back in the album helping campaigns, we had flamethrowers. And these flamethrowers were sticking that that uh, nozzle in a bunker or a cave or something for a hundred people. You know, or witnessing wilderness, women and children jumping off cliffs because they were taught that the Americans were going to be mean to them and mistreat them, you know.
1: There was a so, lot of that,
0: yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. folks, you know, we they ain't seen nothing. I mean, you know, you can say what you have seen, but these World War II vets saw it all. And, uh, of course, World War II is a different issue, too, because the whole country was behind the military. And when they come back, they were heroes. Yeah,
1: that we did make a difference, did it?
0: And we went to Vietnam, come back, we were spit on. Yeah. Yep. See, the now they're coming me? back, and it's, they're not even, you know, it's like, oh, where you been, man, you know? Everybody's just stuck in their own little worlds. It's a veteran, doesn't matter anymore, and it's a small percentage. Plus, using the National Guard and over and over again to go over and fight external wars, you know, in the regular army and stuff, you know, it's a, that's pretty wild, too, little guardsmen and troops. I guess it kept them from drafting, but uh, look what it's done to our readiness.
1: I think that they should have left the National Guard right here at home and built up their regular army, myself. Uh,
0: yeah, a lot of guys in World War II and Vietnam got the draft notice.
1: Well, yes, they did. I, as a matter of fact, I served with a bunch of draftees. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they all didn't go to Vietnam. I, I didn't go to Vietnam, but they uh, had drafties go up to to Alaska. And, uh,
0: yeah, well, uh, you would uh,
1: <laughs> probably they better to... off going to Vietnam. <laughs> sure he was
0: better off going to
1: Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep thinking that. Yeah, I thought, boy, I'm telling you, you're talking about a bad situation. This is.
0: You could do what that dude from Arkansas did. He went to Canada.
1: Yeah! And got elected president, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! I, I, I thought I've <clears throat> seen oh. it all now.
0: Lou Gehrig's disease is Damn. a terrible disease, folks. It's flat, terrible. When gets it, you know, that uh, hearts go out to anybody's head or gets it, you know, in the future because, you know, that's end game disease. You know, and you've got four years to get your affairs in order and things like that. So, that's one uh, comforting thing about it, though, is if you're a relatively young person, you've got life insurance, that disease does qualify for. Uh, I guess, you what do you call it, Gerald, where you can draw your life insurance out insurance early while you're alive?
1: Oh, paid up life?
0: Yeah, so you got your life insurance, you can draw it out early before you die. Yeah. That way you can make sure all your bills are paid and, you know, your family's been taken care of.
1: Yeah. Um, so
0: it's all about readiness.
1: I think the main thing here, though, John, is getting a proper diagnosis. I believe there's people out there with it that's not properly diagnosed. And and they will uh, be
0: eventually. You know what,
1: Gerald? Uh, that was hard be. to
0: miss. Me. I mean, during the initial phases and the onset, yeah, you could have some diagnostic problems getting diagnosed. But this disease will pr- show its head, its ugly head. Yeah. And, and it's an ugly head. Right. Yeah. But once you get the diagnosis uh, correct, you're still going to get service connected for it back to the day you filed the claim because they'll fix the diagnosis. That falls into three point one five six also, so that's pretty good under effective uh, dates.
1: That's important to get, uh, and and they claim early on it mimics uh, some of your other uh, neurological disorders, so it's hard, it mm-hmm. could be hard to diagnose early on. But mm-hmm. later on, uh, there there becomes no uh, no guessing about it. Uh, you know, it's pretty unclad You have it.
0: It's kind of like a car. Okay, say you get a short and your radio stops working. Okay, well you change the fuse out and it's still not working. So you know you got a short circuit. Well, you diagnose that as a short circuit. And you try to fix it. Well, you get in the car the next day. And you look up and you put the key dish and turn it on, and your windshield wipers don't work. And then the next day, something else doesn't work. So yeah. that's how that, that's how it goes. I mean, it's your body the same way, you know, when it starts falling apart like that with ALS. You know. That's and, true. Uh, so you might they might try to diagnose you as a short circuit from the first diagnosis because your, your radio quit working. But then, when everything else stops working, and everything else starts combining in, and then 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 they'll figure out. Oh my goodness, he's got ALS or something like that. That's how they'll figure that out. And there's tests they yeah. can do too, if they want to spend the money on the test.
1: Yeah, you it's know. more advanced now than what it was. Uh, yeah. I'd say twenty years ago, it'd been a lot different story.
0: But, uh, I tell you something else, folks. If you have this test done. If you ever done the VA, I would also go outside and get a follow-up second opinion test from the outside.
1: I think that would I've been, Yeah.
0: I've been scared to death by the VA one time in my lifetime over 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 a, over a false test, and uh, uh, cancer diagnosis doesn't uh, doesn't sit too well. You know what I mean, Joe? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, so. Yeah. I've been scared to death like that one time before. And uh, so I went to the outside and done some stuff and found out what it was, what it wasn't, you know. And, uh, but always get a second opinion. And really, no matter what condition you have, you get a big diagnosis, you need to get a second opinion. You know, but, uh, and uh I...
1: Yeah, I had uh, one of those scares here a while back. Uh, They, uh, what was it? They found blood somewhere they wasn't supposed to, or something. Anyway, Mm -hmm. they got all excited. I think they did my liver, liver Mm -hmm. or something. But anyway, they, uh, they, uh, I went to my regular doctor here in town. Boy, well, I'm telling you, he run a battery test. even sent me over to the hospital to run tests. And mm-hmm. come back negative, so... Mhm. Uh, That's one of those tests. Now, I had I went down to the VA, uh, they might have eventually figured it out, but... Well,
0: uh, mm, they got to figure out what kind of damage could be done, though. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. Say, well, we're going to take care of it, just... I have to lob this arm off, maybe that foot or something.
0: uh, It's like having that dream, Gerald, you know. A lot of us (laughs) have the same dream. You're driving down the road, you're sitting in the car, and you go up a cliff. You never hit the bottom. You wake up before you do. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Hmm. or falling over a log.
0: Falling over a log, yeah. If I fall out an airplane or something like that, yeah. yeah. But uh, always get a second, even any type of, you know, something major, you can get. A, you want to get a second opinion, especially if it's a life-threatening condition or a serious disease. And uh, you might yeah. not, you might see the light. I mean, if you don't have insurance, then I can understand not getting one. But if you're Medicare age, you've got Medicare, don't waste the Part B because you think the VA is going to take care of you. Always get the Part B. Yeah. You know, it's worth a hundred bucks a month. I have that because you have an option. You have options and avenues to to do things like that. If you don't feel you're getting treated correctly at the VA, you can go outside the VA. Uh, they can't stop yeah. you doing it. And, uh, oh,
1: I did get my uh, card. Uh, what's that card called, John.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, what's that care card? That's, uh, if you live in the past 40 miles, the VA is supposed to send you a card. Yeah. That's it. A yeah. wellness card. Good luck I using did. it, guys. Good luck oh, using it because you still got to get approval from the VA to use it.
1: Yes, you do. You're still going to their henchmen. <laughs> They're hired Yeah, uh,
0: yeah um, they sent you that card. doesn't mean you get to use it. You know, because yeah. you have to get approval to use it. You know, it's good for, if, say, for example, I think if you travel or something like that, you know, when you're out of town and you get sick or something like that, yeah, you can use it. Should be I able to use it anyway. Good
1: deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, because uh, now, a lot of these towns, like, uh, I spent on the other day, I guess it's in Oregon or somewhere like that, that the emergency room, and the VA is closing at like 5 o'clock now or something like that in the afternoon.
1: Yeah.
0: The emergency room's closing.
1: People get sick.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be changed though pretty quick. I don't know who the who the rep is for that area for Congress, but uh, if you're listening to the show, Mister Rep, you need to get your head out of your uh, certain cavity and get busy and get this thing fixed. Because that's your constituents that are having problems with the VA, and those constituents are your bosses. They can hire and fire you. Yeah,
1: that's what needs to happen. Uh, it is what needs to happen. There's no excuse excuse for closing emergency room at uh, five o'clock.
0: All right. If you if are slow, they don't have
1: enough personnel. They need to hire them. My God, it's the United well, the States. Is it
0: due to a doctor shortage? A doctor shortage. Hmm. Well, I'm sure they could find a doctor to work to be at. they pay them enough money.
1: Well. They gotta pay them a fair wage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they don't. They shouldn't. They're trying to get everybody to work for scab labor. I mean, what's wrong with them?
0: Yeah. Well, doctors get paid pretty good money at the VA. You know, of course they can make more money outside of thinking private practice, but just well, think of what they save and look at the insurance they save. You don't, I don't have think to apply
1: doctors to... do much at the B.A. They sign off for what the nurse practitioners do.
0: A lot of them do. A lot of attendees do that. They sure do. i nurse practitioners,
1: though, but uh, sometimes yeah. you do need a real doctor.
0: I say more times than not you need a real doctor because nurse practitioners, you know, bless their heart, they went to nursing school. I'm sure they've got some education, continuing education credits, things like that. You got your master's degree. They're still a nurse. They didn't go to an accredited medical school and get an MD degree. No. Okay. So that's the main issue. I mean, it's nothing to do with. I'm not knocking nurses at all. I mean, they're you know love them all. They're good people, but still, there are certain levels of expertise and education experience wise that I want somebody look at me that knows what he's doing. And uh, yeah. nurses do the same thing, but, you know, it's a big if. you. Want, I want somebody with 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 a degree to back it up. Cause, uh, I've seen so many of these CMP exams, some of these nurse practitioners that, you know, they take a CMP exam, they get the leading questions in the regional office, and they kind of agree with it. Especially COPD and smoking, that's a big issue. Yeah, it is. You know, whoa, whoa. You know, or you know certain things like that, so you know you have to be able to put medical literature and you have to you you have to bring your medical opinion and put a nexus, and you have to have a clarified opinion and you have to have the literature and you have to have the studies done to back your opinion and to prove your point. That's the biggest issue that's what a nexus is, okay um. Uh, They just can't come up and say that uh, Mr. Johnson's ALS is a result of service, which is presumptive should be automatic. You know, it's a nurse practitioner saying that. This has to come from a person saying, I believe that Mr. So-and-so's condition is a result of service, Um, or at least as likely as not a result of service. And here's the reason why. A plus B equals C plus D, you know, and things like that. They have to write a good nexus. And well, uh, that's.
1: Usually, a CMP examiner, it's hard to get that out of them. Uh, they just, for whatever reason, uh, I guess because they're afraid of their job, losing their job. Actually, they have a tendency I, to deny everything, they run it down, just. Make an idiot out of her. Right.
0: This. I want to give a shout out to a CMP examiner. <clears throat> he left here a while back. I think he's in Colorado now. His name is Tom Bickle. Um, I think he's a nurse practitioner, but i want to tell you something this guy, he does it. He does it right. So, anybody in the Colorado area, if you go for a CMP exam, say hi to Tom.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. good. I know there's some good ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. Good so. To hear. Yeah, I mean, good people. I'm a, I've had two good CMP examiners in my lifetime. One was an occupational doc, so that's another important factor is the level of quality experience you get with a doctor, too. You yeah. know. So if you're going to for, a, for example, Social Security. You know, you need uh, occupational specialists because Social Security basically means if you file a claim for Social Security for disabled Social Security, it means that you can't work. And their definition of disability is totally different than the VA. The VA is based on a percentage base of the amount of uh, compensation or money that you lose. Your disability costs you while uh, working, right? Yes. Well, Social Security is different. It has to last at least a year or result in your death but that means you can't work at all. It precludes working. Yeah, that's true. So they can discriminate age-wise. That that gives them the opportunity to discriminate against the person by age. And uh, Social Security is a little different issue because you file a claim with the VA, and the VA is the one that processes and adjudicates that claim. That's That's a federal agency. Social Security is a different issue. You file a claim, it goes to a place in your state, gets gathered up and put together and looked at by your state. It's called Disability Determination Services. It don't even go to Social Security until after the second denial. Do you know that, Joe?
1: Oh, it does.
0: Right. <clears throat> and people call me liar and everything else, but that's the way it happens. And they've got usually uh, some pretty, 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 pretty shoddy folks doing this in the first denial stages. That's why.
1: Because
0: um. uh, six... 60% of the people get denied their first Social Security claim.
1: I know a lot 60,
0: of them that got denied. <laughs> out of that 60%, 80% or more at the judge level, administrative law judge. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, just a stopgap. In place, denial service is what it is.
1: That's what it is. I
0: think something should be done about that. You know, people with uh, terminal cancer get... Uh,
1: that's for sure. I was reading there on hand that were. Uh, several veterans was having issues with their Social Security disability. Right. And uh, they shouldn't have.
0: Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have. You
1: know. Uh, but. I was lucky. I, I I didn't have any trouble, but I know a lot of people that have.
0: And most people don't go to work wearing auction mask, drill, and you did. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I got in trouble
0: for that. Where well, are, you ma'am.
1: I, uh, I liked working. Uh,
0: I did, too. I enjoyed working. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I wish I could do it again. I
1: enjoyed my job. Uh,
0: I enjoyed it, too. I really had
1: fun. But you reach a point where they shut you down, you got to shut down.
0: Now, you know there's a directive under Social Security that if you're a 100% permanent total veteran, disabled veteran, they're supposed to actually process your claim faster and help you. Um, I've seen it work a couple times, but if you're filing a VA claim and you get your 100% and Social Security's jacking you around, you need to send a copy of that ward letter to Social Security. That should get them to go ahead and take care of business.
1: I think so. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: <laughs> and if you're, uh, Social Security sends you, uh, every so many years, they send you a little piece of letter saying they're going to re examine or re evaluate you or they're looking at you, you know, to make sure that, uh, your disabilities have not improved. I think if you're a hundred percent disabled veteran, send them the VA stuff and you permanent total status because permanent total in VA means permanent and total, no future exams. Yeah. So it's kind of like a leave me the heck alone letter. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean,
1: it it should
0: be, though. They shouldn't discriminate from government agencies for disability. For example, if you're 100% permanent total disabled from from the VA and you have a long-term disability plan and they deny you a long-term disability plan because they say you can work, but the VA's got you listed as permanent total disabled, then who should win that claim?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they should. I mean, you know... uh,
0: that's under their risk law.
1: Did, if, if you're 100% at one, and, and yeah. you should be 100% the other with 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 no yeah. argument.
0: You should be. I think you ought to be able to go back and, go back and file a suit and get that fixed.
1: Uh, that,
0: no matter how know, many years be it's poss-
1: been. Uh, that um, might be possible on some of these that's had a claim in a long time. Right. Uh, uh that's which possible. would be a good thing.
0: You know, I like to see that good. and I will talk to a couple of attorneys about that and see what happens because I'm some sure of the insurance companies could lose a lot of money these veterans. They've been cut off, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, that's a lot of money over a certain period of time, it's kinda of like a savings account. Well, it is. Yeah, so you figure wow. seven or eight hundred bucks a month times seven or eight years, you know.
1: I know people, they've had to go back seven or eight years and pay them their Social Security, and mm-hmm. that's pretty good of money. Yep. Uh, the
0: best thing about taxes on it, though, is they break it down for a year, too. Yeah. Because yeah. even though you shouldn't pay Social Security taxes, um, if you get a big chunk of money, you're going to have to pay taxes on down. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <my clears throat>
0: It's just now the bottom you don't line. from
1: the VA, but you do from Social Security.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's taxable income.
0: That's right. Uh, I call it taxable. I call it tax-free and protected. Um, yeah. That, for example. For example, and let me try to explain it the best way. Okay, they cannot charge you any federal or state taxes on your VA compensation because it's not considered income. It's considered disability compensation. Uh, Social Security is tax-free unless your spouse makes over a certain amount of money per year, and then only a percentage yeah. of that's taxable. Usually about eighty-five percent, there, right, Gerald?
1: It's something similar to that, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but the protections kick into play too. And here's one good thing about VA compensation: Social Security is basically under, under a very similar law. Okay, if any reason. Uh, say, say you've had some bad luck, and uh, you, you pile up some credit card debt, and uh, you can't pay the bill. And they go through and they try to garnish your bank account. They can't do it. The law protects it, funds for the veteran. The bank might freeze your yeah. account. But you have to explain to the bank that they're in violation of federal law and give them so many hours. I'd give them minutes myself, but you can give them so many hours to get it unfrozen because they're not allowed to freeze your account. There's one exception to that rule. If you owe the government or child support in some cases, like that, in certain areas, then they can take it. Yeah, uh, student loans and things like that. You know, of course, you used to take that out. But if you get a hundred percent permanent total, and you've got student loans, you can always ask for a waiver of that debt. And I'm, and a major majority or percentage of the time, they will waiver that debt. Do you know that, Gerald?
1: I've I've heard that, and I know of people that's got that debt waivered. Uh, 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 veterans, and uh, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah. So. <clears throat> There's benefits out there for the veteran that you know they're you know undeniable. That's not to say that you have an issue and you can't pay your bills. Uh, You just stop paying your bills, okay? Your shiny new car out in the parking lot out here, you know, they're gonna come and get it because they can (laughs) because it's it's secured by the car, okay? But they can't reach into your bank account and take your money. Yeah. So. That's it in a nutshell. So that's kind of a, you know, this it's good to have a show like this to explain things like that so people understand a little better. And I try to put things in terms easy to understand because uh, some of these folks use these legal terms. And we all know the VA has a separate language, you know, they use. So, of course, you can say, how uh, <laughs> many languages speak? Say so you speak English, say so you speak VA, you speak... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even speak I bad things. That's a different language.
1: <laughs> you know, John, I really ain't figured their gibberish out. Uh, I call it gibberish because uh, I can read something and, and uh, talk to them about it, and they're reading something different than I am. We're reading the <laughs> same <laughs> paragraph.
0: Uh, well, me folks say, well, that's not the way
1: I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got some folks, story Lots of times,
0: some of the folks get on a roll and they start using all these big words and all the adverbs and and uh, you know using all the words for the VA and they write this big long post up and you're sitting there and people don't understand. They sit in the corner wondering what the heck is that, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just about have to have yeah, a dictionary man. in order to. You have to have a dictionary in order to uh, offset that. You know yeah, or you <clears throat> read
1: these words up.
0: <laughs> get extremely involved and and do what had it had dot com is there for an education. You know, had it's uh really good for helping folks and teaching folks the uh steps and the ropes. You know it does, it breaks it does it breaks you know, it breaks the monotony. And uh, it helps you a lot. So
1: and if you have a question, you put it there on, Hat it, and by golly, somebody will answer it. And, and uh, you know the ones that are well-versed. Uh, we have numerous ones that are well-versed in BA law, and they well, can help you a lot. Uh, they can steer you in the right direction. What you think is point. right may not be right, uh, uh, that's that's the hardest thing to deal with. Say this this can't be right, it's not fair or what? Well, uh just don't get too excited. Just go, go to had it and read through there, uh find a claim that's similar to yours and and uh just kinda read down through the suggestions and and chances are you'll pick up on well, here's where I'm going wrong, you know. Um, once you
0: read that, and once, you start, once they pass you the football and you take off running with it, it's kind of like Forrest Gump. Once you take off running with it, they got to put people yeah. in the end zone to stop you from running out of the stadium. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like I say, there's uh, a lot of knowledgeable people there, and, and uh, you can ask a question. Don't be afraid to ask a question. There ain't no dumb dumb questions.
0: Uh, there is no
1: Well maybe I might ask one, but uh Well uh, anyway. no, there's no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There is no dumb questions. I mean don't don't even think about asking a dumb question. If you got a question to ask, go ahead and ask it. You know, yeah. uh, well, I'm gonna say it's probably been asked before, but you know, I mean had its it revolves it's like a clock, you know, it goes goes on and on and on. So if you've got a question and you can research and things like that too and see if you can find some stuff, but if you've got a question, ask it. I'm sure Berta or Basher or John or Asnod or any any good folks that's been on had it for a long time will come in and help you. There's Bronco a bit, he's knowledgeable. Yeah, he's really they'll, good. So. They'll
1: re- refer you to a, a claim or, or or something they'll tell you where to look to get get your answer. That's right. Uh, uh, and, you know, they'll give you a link or something there. Um, and that's important. That saves you a lot of lost time and heartache. Um, and headaches. And
0: headaches. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so. uh, there's a couple of folks on the head that are pretty much, uh, uh, you know, they're very knowledgeable in a lot of different areas. You know, and you've got some pinpoint people that I just basically that are specialists. And uh, they're not, you know, I call them specialists because they're specialized in certain areas. As far as, you know, like, for example, you've got uh, you got a couple of folks really good in PTSD. You've got a couple of folks that are good in, uh, you know, they're good with the heart and the lungs and the neck and the back. And uh, you've got some folks that are good with other issues like uh, diabetes and neuropathy. And there's just, you know, it's, it's veterans helping veterans.
1: Yes, that's what it is and and, so, and hopefully uh it puts you on the straight and narrow and you you'll be successful with your claim and, and uh you'll return the favor uh by coming on and helping veterans other uh right. new veterans yourself. Uh, uh, uh everybody needs to help help some. Uh uh, just help out the best you can. Uh, no one expects miracles or an Einstein. Right.
0: <laughs> now, uh, let's let's close up the section on ALS real quick. Let's let's kind of rehash a little bit, and we'll then we'll go into something else. Uh, so, you know, if you get a diagnosis of ALS, you served in the service ninety days or more, which ninety days usually you're sent in boot camp, and you're. In your school, because the first eight weeks is probably going to be boot camp, so you've got 60 days knocked out right there, right? Yeah. And you've got your school, so usually everybody gets past that, you know, they qualify. So you got to diagnose as L.S. You file your claim to the VA, show them that you are being diagnosed with it. They should make your effective date the date you were diagnosed with it. It should go from there course you got an outside diagnosis, they'll probably want to get their own diagnosis and run their own tests, you know, they're entitled to do that, so that's fine. You know, if they shouldn't, they should rely on the other information, but sometimes they'll, they'll do it, misdiagnose it and cause you some problems, but still, it's you know it'll work out for you in the long run. And uh,
1: yeah, just, just make sure that...
0: Every- I would keep your paper out, folks, every time you have an issue. <clears throat> For example, you start having uh, arm problems, things like that, and you can't move your arms or your legs. You start filing in claims to get your to keep getting anything increased because you're going to have to aid have attendance, you're going to have to have housing grants, uh, you're going to have a vehicle grant, anything else to get you to get you from point A to point B. You're going to have doctors come in the house and see you and give you tests and things like that. So aid attendance has got to kick in, and eventually you'll get a high level of SMC, which is good for you, you know. At the time, but uh, I also recommend you go ahead and fill the paperwork out for DIC and get everything ready for your wife to turn in. You know, when you pass away, it's about time we did another show on that journal. Uh,
1: yeah, on we did a show a couple file, years ago. Uh,
0: yeah, on a death file.
1: Maybe that 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 sounds morbid, but uh, it's something that's a necessity for everybody. Morbid
0: but necessary. That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah uh, that's right.
0: What to do? It can
1: certainly save uh, your spouse a lot of heartache and and uh, trying to figure stuff out, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's critical. It, 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 it is critical. It's part of the process, pro- process, and and it helps prepare your family and make make life so much easier for them. Yeah,
0: because uh, once you pass, it'll never get any easier, but, I mean, it does make, you know, it does make the uh, coping with the issue a lot better.
1: Well, it so, does, and you know, and you'll say, boy, I'm glad we've done this, because you need your birth certificates and marriage license and all kinds of stuff in there, DD-214s. Yeah,
0: uh, we've lost some good folks that had it, you know, over the years, that. uh, you know, really, really beneficial to have it and really helpful to have it. And, uh, uh, you know, we lost a test vet here a while back. And, yes, you know, he'd did. done the show before, and he was, he was really good. Matter of fact, I actually sent uh, uh, copied the show and downloaded it and actually sent it on a disc or a CD to his family so they can, you know, have something to listen to. If they want to hear his voice, they can listen to that show. Well, yeah, I think yeah. it was a pretty good gesture, Gerald.
1: I thought it was wonderful. Uh, Yeah. uh, uh, And he was involved with some mighty fine shows, too. He was very knowledgeable.
0: Oh, they treated that man terrible.
1: Yeah. He would help any veteran. Uh,
0: Yeah, he
1: would.
0: Uh, We've had some good ones. We had uh, a couple, you know, we had uh, Florida Vacking, he passed away. He was a... he was a PTSD vet. He was, he, his PTSD got the best of him, yeah. you know, so and he passed for a couple of years ago, but he, uh, he's telling us a story once about he's parked in the parking garage of the VA and somebody ran a car up under his truck
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: all the way up under it. So that's a pretty wild story. <laughs> yeah. But now, yeah, uh, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I wanted to touch on something that's pretty beneficial, pretty important. When you file a claim with the VA, if you were injured in service and you have documentation of that injury and you went to the doctor and things like that in service and you know what's should be a slam dunk, you need to ask for a direct service connection. If you are in a presumptive period and have a presumptive issue, like, say, if you have ALS or something that's presumptive and you're within a time period, ask for a presumptive ALS. If you have hypertension problems and you were diagnosed with your first post-service year of service, it's got a one-year presumptive. So ask for presumptive. If you were diagnosed with it or had high blood pressure, you don't have to be diagnosed with it. If you had a certain amount of high blood pressure readings in service, and if they're high enough to be compensable, say, for example, your bottom line's over 100 and your top line's over 160, both don't have to be just one, either or, okay? Then you ask for direct service connecting. Because I've got a feeling one of these days they're going to come out and they're going to say they're going to start uh, cutting back on these presumptives and start awarding, you know, they're going to keep the directs. You know, anything's possible, with the especially with the sharks that are in the world today, there's less veterans ever in Congress, never has been. Yeah. So there's less, you know, and what happens there is they start, uh, you get these people start writing these laws and changing this and that because they don't really care, you know, they don't care about the veterans. All they're worried about is uh, people in their own state. And uh, you can see it, the writing's on the wall. If the system lasts long.
1: Enough. Yeah, the BA's always changing, so. Always. And sometimes it's not for the better. It's uh, for
0: right.
1: you know, for a veteran, favorite. he's got a you got to bend with the willow. <laughs> hmm Remember uh, what's that law?
0: What's that law, Gerald? For every positive reaction, is equal negative reaction.
1: Oh. Is that
0: Newton's law or Murphy's law or what's that law?
1: <laughs> Newton's law, ain't it?
0: For every uh-huh. equal positive reaction, there's an equal negative reaction. So everything the VA does in one aspect has a negative or negative reaction on the other aspect.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that's true. That is definitely true. You know, and uh, you guys got battle Agent Orange claims. Say, for example, you were exposed to Agent Orange and you went in Vietnam, uh, don't ask for presumptive service connection because they're not going to give it to you. But if you can prove that you were exposed to it, like here or wherever, ask for a direct service connection. Yes. Okay. Uh, And those little key and buzzwords could win your client. You wouldn't believe, uh, you will not believe how the word "or" how powerful that little two-letter word is. We always think of oars as, you know, if you don't have an oar in a boat, you ain't rowing nowhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: no. hmm. All right, so put it in like that, you know, or, and, so if you file a claim, you want to you wanna use a, for example, you want to file a claim for a condition, uh, a muscle skeletal condition to include a cervical spine injury and a back injury or whatever in service. You don't want to go pinpoint an issue because there could be a misdiagnosis involved, but you've got the gambit covered with that injury. You see what I'm saying, Gerald?
1: I always use and/or. and, or. Yep. or. And, or. Well, yeah. Or. And, or. you got to have that or in there. And one <laughs> word to always look out for from the B.A., may. <laughs>
0: may, yeah, may, may, may.
1: <laughs> if you see may, but you better yeah. look twice.
0: Remember that uh, or and... It's better to use two oars and you're clean, because you got one oar in the water, you're going to go around in circles.
1: Yeah.
0: Unless you're switching sides of the boat. But uh, I usually use an outboard, so we'll be all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm on an
0: outboard. Mm. Well, Drew, we're out of time, buddy. Thanks for coming on the well, show.
1: Well, it's been my pleasure. I tell you what, I think it was uh, a doggone good show.
0: I think it is too. We'll uh, talk in a few minutes and we'll do a recap. Before. But folks, thanks for listening. Join us Wednesday for our next SV or for our next Had It Blog Talk S V R show. And uh if you guys need anything, always give us a shout out at Had It. You can reach me at J Basser on the PM section of Had It. You can also look up Gerald. He's just J E R E L. You can send him at PM, too, you know. We'll be happy to get your messages and uh if you got a question to ask on the show, just shoot it, we'll ask it.
1: We'll that, this will be we'll Jay We'll be it.
0: signing off for now. Okay, goodbye, folks.
1: Right.
0: You've been listening to the Haddip.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Haddip.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of hadit.com, Blog Talk Radio, and the Ask Baster Show.
1: 18 plus.